This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan from the 817. Hey, at least the UFL is starting up. Reminder, tomorrow. We will have Renegades head coach Bob Stoops in studio with us for the Expressway at 1220. Right now, we bring in Eric Chiafalo and give him a break by going to the phone. So thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> thank Put you. Put him on. For this next Put segment. This guy I on can't camera. wait to hear from the Tolos. 877-881-1053. Let's go to line two first. This is Israel in Fort Worth, what's on your Cowboys brain today? Uh, a little bit disappointed, guys, uh, as I'm sure everyone is. Just wanted to point out that uh, I actually turned the game off whenever I saw the the look in Dak Prescott's eyes. Uh, you know, the camera showed a uh, close-up of him. They showed a close-up of CeeDee Lamb. And I seen in his eyes defeat. And I seen in CeeDee Lamb's eyes the realization that Dak was defeated. So that's when I turned the game off. I uh, I hate to use the cliche wake up call for Jerry, but if if this isn't if this isn't that, then yeah, I mean, I mean, I, what else would be right? So uh, who knows? Jerry's a sentimentalist, you know. Uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a take the good with the bad kind of relationship. But uh, you know, you gotta you gotta cut the ties at some point. I don't think. All right. Thank you very much. Sorry, we, there's a lot of people calling in. I, I will tell you this. I'm concerned that wake-up call means, oh, we switched our head coach, and literally everything else stayed exactly the same. So we changed. Like, that's yeah. what I'm afraid will be the actual Eric, outcome of this. Eric, I want your opinion on what Israel was talking about, watching Dak in that first quarter for zero yards, and then he threw for a, a big, robust 87 yards. First time in, in his career – for zero yards in the first quarter. So watching Which that first half, what were you thinking watching this Dak Prescott play football? I, I I couldn't believe what we were watching. We were all stunned. Like, is this is this really happening right now? It was almost it, it was like they were doing a big parody, like just a huge bit for the audience. Like, okay, is it? What, I can what are see we that. doing here? Yeah, like what what exactly is going on here? There's no way you guys are actually trying to do what you've done all season. I mean, to to be as good as they were all season at home and then from the start of the game it was just defense is going to get worked up and down the field we'll see a couple of penalties cool two penalties on the first drive it's like yeah okay this is this is the recipe for them to to get crushed and then the offense comes out there and you're going what what is there how how is it so disjointed between Dak and Lamb I felt like the the Lamb body language yeah. was pretty bad early on too like very quickly within the game I'm like Jair Alexander's already in his head he's already frustrated and there everything just looked completely disjointed and it made no sense I swear to you this is how 1919 had to look and this is to the Chicago White Sox oh and this is how they had to investigate to go 
I think they had to throw this game. And I know the Cowboys didn't. They get paid zillions of dollars. It's not like back in 1919. But but it was watching, so bad like and if, random. If, yeah. if you didn't know any better, you would say, we need to look into this yes. and see if they threw this game. Nothing about what they did made sense. Let's go to Gary in New Mexico. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to rant about? What are you thinking about the Cowboys? Hey, guys, that was a great example of complimentary football yesterday. We failed at every single level. <laughs> yeah. Coaches, like that. players, offense, defense, water boys. I mean, that's a fire everybody game. But oh. what the Cowboys have to do, they have to evaluate their personnel. That's what they have to do. And here's the weird part about that. Here's the weird part about that to me is the rest of the NFL and the people that cover the NFL – they, they thought the Cowboys had tremendous players, nine all-pro players, four in the first team, five in the second team. So I don't like this idea of, like, you guys overrated their talent. Literally, the people who cover football bes- out in the rest of the country besides just here all thought the same thing. Now, the complimentary football part made a lot of sense because you know what I've seen today? It's not people arguing about, like, oh, you need to give credit or whatever. It's people arguing that you aren't putting this at number one to blame. Why are you putting this at number one to blame? Why are you saying Dak is number one to blame? Why not McCarthy? Why not the defense? Like, there is plenty of blame to go around. So much. And the the only thing the water boy did wrong yesterday was attaching himself to Micah Parsons via that jersey, right? And then yes. seeing the way that that was all going to go. <laughs> yes. is I could get nothing right yesterday. When he showed up in that jersey, I was like, oh. Here we go. I know. I know. I thought that was really, really good news for us. It was like, but then I saw a here we go on the beanie of Dak, and I was like, it's uh, been commercialized. That's what we do. Yeah. So he doesn't he doesn't want to wear an NFC East champion hat, but he's down to wear a here we go hat. Yeah, we don't know. Was that the the call yesterday? It sure did feel like that was the call yesterday. Let's go to line number three. This is John in Fort Worth. What do you need to rant about right now? Hey, guys. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. I've been on the road since 7.30 from Kansas City. And uh, if you look back to the fan text last week, I picked the Packers to win 23-21. But uh, I did not see this coming. I was awfully in shock. Be careful with Dan Quinn. He was on the side of that Atlanta Falcons team that lost the Pats in their last Super Bowl win. Not sure that Quinn is the best choice. This wasn't a McCarthy issue. This was straight up on the players. Appreciate y'all having me on, guys. There you go. John rolling in from, do you say Kansas City? Yeah, yeah, driving, been listening since 730. Thanks, John. Good job on the prediction for the Packers winning. Anybody who says they predicted the Packers would win, I definitely could believe that. But I'm glad that he was like, but I don't think anybody saw this coming. No, no. I was driving to the stadium yesterday just thinking about all the scenarios, and I'm like, there, there's a chance that the Cowboys lose, but there's no way they get actually blown out. It'll come down to some weird thing at the end of the game, but it'll be tight. I could see a scenario at home where the Cowboys blow out a young team, but seeing them get blown out and just sleepwalking and just they all had this glaze over their eyes, like we don't know – do you leave What's right this? after the Playoffs? pregame's over to try to get home and watch it? Sometimes. Did you uh, stay yesterday? I stayed, yeah. Okay, when did the fan? I don't know if they did. Did the fans start booing at any point, the Dallas Cowboys, or were they just cordial and kind of left? No, I, I, they were They were definitely booing. By the third quarter, there were boos. 
Um, I don't think there were any first half boos. I think we were also shell shocked and just surprised. Yeah. See, that's where I think I was. It wasn't until the pick six that I think I really started to show some anger because I was just like, what the hell is happening? Well, with the exception of one of those uh, run-ins by Aaron Jones from the one or two where I'm like, seriously, nobody was like, hey, they might run the ball. They're like, nah, 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 nah. This is a pass. This is a pass for sure. Let's go to line number seven. This is Clarence in Dallas. What's what's on your Cowboys mind right now? Hey, how you guys doing? Not great. Uh, a, how are you? I know. I've been watching the Cowboys since 1983. And I just want to say Quinn ain't as hot as he was a couple of days ago. Oh. I think it's time to bring in some ex-Cowboys. You know, the Aikmans, the Irvins, the Woodsons. As far as when I turned it off, after the, the uh, first drive that they drove down the Cowboys' throat and it was 7 nothing, I turned it off then. I knew it was over then, guys. Wow! You know, uh, yeah, yeah. And I just want to say thank you, Mike. Keep putting it on the boys. It's a bunch of entitled, spoiled athletes that ain't won nothing. Living off Cowboys' past lore of those great teams. So that they get a star on the side of their helmet, they think they superstars. Ain't won nothing. You know what I'm saying? What y'all think about that? I look, love it. I think a lot about that. And we were joking about this earlier, but I'm not kidding. The, if you had a press conference later today, I realize all the football problems that might potentially happen with it the next day and then like on down the road. And you're like, hey, we're bringing we're bringing Jimmy back. We got Witten coming in. Yes. We got Aikman. People would be so excited. Yeah. I realize all the logistical issues that would come along with Worth that. Worth it. What, what was that person's name? I'm sorry. I'm Clarence. Clarence. So what Clarence is saying is, I'll just add on to this. Each player on the Cowboys just wants to be their own individual brand. And that's been going on yeah. for decades now. And when you're a champion, I get it. I get Patrick Mahomes has multiple commercials and so does Travis Kelsey and stuff. Because they had to win to get those things. Like, nobody cares about the Kansas City Chiefs unless they win. Mm -hmm. Yes. But for the Cowboys, Dak cares about his individual brand and his individual commercials. And Mike is a super individual person. Like, I don't know if he cares really at all about the team. He cares about he's himself his, tremendously. He's got his podcast. Right. And so. Mike, uh, the Micah Parsons podcast featuring Micah Parsons. Right. You just look at the Cowboys. And I don't know if this will ever change because Jerry loves it that they all have their individual brands based off of the Dallas Cowboys because he wants to be the individual face of the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones. is. Mm -hmm. It's a tough thing. I just go to a championship team here, the Texas Rangers, and I know the Texas Rangers have no type of marketing the way that the Dallas Cowboys do because of the success of the Cowboys organization from the 60s and 70s and 90s is – I don't see Corey Seager with his own brand out there and Marcus Simeon with his own brand. And I'm not doing I'm not doing team functions. I'm only doing individual brand functions. That's the Dallas Cowboys. It's tough to create a team that wants to sacrifice for each other when everybody's just trying to sacrifice for themselves their individual brand. Especially when it comes down to it. And I know you already said this, Mike, but I want to hammer this point home. When your brand has nothing to do with winning. Because I'm glad you yeah. brought up Mahomes and the Chiefs. But winning is the other thing is you become a bigger brand when you win. Do you think that the Golden State Warriors on their own were a brand before they won? Hell no. But you play for, luckily and unluckily, a brand where it doesn't really matter if yeah. you win. Yeah.
No, those are, that's 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 great points. And from for Clarence to be punting on the game when it was seven nothing. That's respect to you, Clarence. To me. Respect to you. I and wish, we should have known because they're front runners. I they're wish, front runners. I agree with all that. Do you wish you would have turned it off at seven to nothing and just been like, I can tell you all about that first drive today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It'd be tough to do this job if that's our decision. That is that is very true. Now I'm intrigued by this. Let's go to line number six, Danny who is close to San Antonio. Now, Danny, did you say you were close to San Antonio, or did you tell Chris the name of the city and he just forgot what it was? No, I live in, uh, in the country by myself. I'm 80 years old, so I have some cowboy experience. I watched Eddie LeBaron take the very first snap the Cowboys made. And... Uh, I'm jealous of your Clint, eyeballs. Clint, Clint Murkison bought the team. And then he went to his living room, sat in his recliner. Uh, he hired Tex Fram, and uh, Tex Fram hired Tom Landry. And Clint Murkison, you never heard of. Uh, you never heard from after that, okay? Now, they, they, won, they built, it, built it up and won some Super Bowls, all right? Then in the 89, Tom Landry, and Tom Landry, uh, Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys, and the very first, the one good thing that he did uh, since he's been the owner was to hire Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson was a, uh, a Patriots-type uh, um, coach, and he ran the show. You want to bring and, him back? Uh, is that what we're saying? It, no. What I'm saying is that's what we need. We nobody is talking about the real solution to this problem, and there's not going to be a, a solution to it because Jerry Jones is never going to give give that authority to anybody. All right, thank you very much for that call. I, I look, we talked about this with uh, with Parcells, right? Is he gave up the authority as a means to an end to get the new stadium built? The new stadium got built, and then he's like, "I'm good." I am inclined to agree with that phone call right now. Like, I understand the betting odds are now like, well, it's going to be Belichick if it's not McCarthy. I just, maybe, I just don't know if Belichick is going to be like, hey, I don't really have to be the GM. And Jerry's like, but if you wanted to, you can. Like, (laughs) I just don't know if both sides are going to be like, I will concede from everything I've done. I will too, and we'll find a nice, happy medium. I just don't know if I think that's the case. I guess in the next... I'm assuming four days. If you're going to fire yeah. Mike McCarthy, it would probably be this week. I'm not saying it'll be today, but I would say this week. If they don't fire him by Friday, I'm pretty sure he's coming back as the head coach. Let's go to cut, uh, excuse me, not cut number four, line number four. This is Logan in Rockwall. What's on your Cowboys brain today? Well, it seems like the the fans have more balls than the Joneses do because we're the ones on the phone and they are not. Steven should be here right now, but he doesn't want to. Um, I think, Mike, uh, you would know this very, very much from a baseball standpoint. Sometimes those batters, whenever batters get into the box and they're afraid of whoever's pitching, they're beat, they're defeated already. Um, that's what the Cowboys looked like whenever it was 7 nothing. They immediately knew we were beat. We don't have a chance coming back. It's what happened in San Francisco. It's what happened in Buffalo. It's this team, Mike McCarthy, every time, uh, you know, whenever it was cold in Buffalo, we called different plays. The game changed. We managed the game differently. Uh, when we got down, we, we went away from everything. It's the entire game plan shifts with McCarthy from whenever they're down, from whenever they're winning, even down seven, nothing, 10, nothing, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, I think it's, 
it's if Jerry uh, actually had you know the balls to stand up and do something and make a make a change, he would make a change right now and and send it to the players and like let them know, hey, look, like this isn't gonna cut it. He wants to talk about we're this, we're that, we're nothing. I, I am 33 years old. Last time they were good was when I was five. I was watching the game yesterday with my eight-year-old son. And my son was getting mad and frustrated. He's like, what are we doing? I'm like, dude, this is what we do. We're great in the regular season. And then the playoffs come, and this is what it is. So Jason Garrett was no different. He was good in the regular season. Look what happened in the playoffs. So I think uh, go bring bring somebody bring somebody in, uh, old head like uh, the Rangers did. Why don't you follow the Rangers blueprint? Bring Beach brought Bo- Bo- uh, Bochi in. Look what happens. Bring somebody in that actually knows what they're doing. All right, I like that very much. One of the interesting things we've talked about the front running strat- status. You saw the stat yesterday. Cowboys ten and zero when scoring first this season. Now two and six when they when they do not and and I will tell you this I know it didn't work out today in this moment but the Joneses are certainly welcome on the air whenever if they have a message they want to pass along to the fans on the biggest sports radio station in the Metroplex is the forum is open if they hear all this and want to talk about it they, we're here baby they do do a very good job of coming on the air right i mean let's face it whether you like jerry and steven or not they do whether you like the way they answer the questions or not they do come on the air quite a bit obviously uh i will throw this to you because we got to throw it to break eric if you had to say yes or no right now mike mccarthy gets fired uh you know before next season yes or no i'm going yes here i might be naive here thinking about jerry's just level of anger because I, I would like to think it's it's up here with the rest of like ours. all the callers. He's, he's got to he, he cannot I, remain. He I, cannot remain. I lean to yes too, and that might be the reason why they're postponing some of the stuff of yeah. talking. Right? Because you probably don't want to talk right now, uh, and then three yeah. days later. Because what are you going to say? Hey, are you? Well, Mike McCarthy's up for it. We're debating it right now. They probably like we probably don't want to yeah. make that public. Yes, we don't want to lie too much, so we would just rather wait and see. But so, even the businessman in Jerry's got to know it ain't good for business to keep Mike McCarthy. That is what I think above all else, which is great and hugely problematic at the same time, right? Right. Like you don't want the outcome to be like, well, it's best for business if we fire him. But what about the football part? Like, if, if they could say, honestly, they believe to their core best for football part was to keep him, but I think the reality is they're like, well, it's better if we just hire whoever. Yeah, not very exciting to run it back with McCarthy this time. And we Dak. all know the inevitability of the playoff letdown agreed, that is looming. Agreed, agreed, We're the KNC Masterpiece Thanks, Eric. right here on 105.3 The you. Fan. Usually, we do Dallas Cowboys thank you notes. Today, Dallas Cowboys pink slip notes. Who are you done with? After yesterday's playoff debacle, 877-881-1053. And, of course, Mr. Chiafalo is always welcome to stay. I know he's got a show prep. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Man in motion, third down. They do blitz. He pumps. He throws it in the end zone. Touchdown over the top of Gilmore. Don Tavian Wicks. And the Packers are up three scores. Oh, don't worry, it would get worse. KNC Masterpiece back here. Only five scores. That was, <laughs> we were only down by five. Three to five is not that big. They haven't even doubled up how many scores they were up. Hey. We cut it to two scores. Hey, we, we almost tied the game up. Technically, it was only four scores if we got all four of the two-point conversions. Oh, uh, you're right. See, only Thank four. You, you are right. Because with a minute 22, they were only down 16 with the ball. And I thought, wow, they're going to go down and score a touchdown in 26 seconds, get the onside after scoring the two-point conversion, obviously. Then score another touchdown, get the two-point conversion, win the coin flip, score a touchdown. I think now in overtime in the playoffs, then you have to then stop them from scoring a touchdown. Obviously, the Cowboys would do that. They were crushing in the fourth quarter. Packers couldn't move the ball anymore by handing it off and kneeling it. So then they probably wouldn't, wouldn't score then. Game over. Cowboys win. Yeah, so, look, that's what this segment is kind of leading into. We're going to fire off some text here. 877-881-1053 on the truckwreck.com text line. Usually we do Dallas Cowboys thank you notes. But today, pink slip notes. Who are you done with after yesterday's playoff debacle? Now, I'm not, I just want to read this one super quick if I can, Mike. I'm not saying that this person said they're done with Micah Parsons, but the question came up. What about Micah Parsons? He runs his mouth the most and never steps up. In four playoff games, he has one sack. He's all talk, man. Here's the thing, and I know he'll point out that stats don't tell the entirety of the story. And I do agree with that, but I would look at the most pressures in the NFL. It felt like the Cowboys across the board defensively, their pressure game was pretty non-existent yeah. yesterday. Or you would look at double and triple teams that Micah faced that allowed Dorrance or Tank or whoever to get a straight path to the quarterback. And that just was not apparent yesterday. That's that's where I'm at. I get Micah needed to play better yesterday. But Micah did draw double teams, which... And two penalties! Other guys need to take advantage of, but he needed to play better too. The thing about that Micah after three years that I think we're understanding with him, because he's a little bit of a baby... But to be honest, and Luca's getting better at this. I know I'm going to another sport here. Luka Doncic has gotten better at this this year at 25 years old. And I think Micah next year will be 25 years old if I have his age. He has to mature a lot Correct. in this offseason because he's a horrible teammate. He's a horrible Ooh. leader. When you lose or you don't have a good game, you can't have a me guy in there. When he's about to be probably paid the most in the NFL by any defensive player in the history of the NFL. And you know what? Somewhat deservedly so. But if you're not going to take the questions after a game like that and stand up, now all your role players, and I said this earlier on the morning show, but I'll reiterate it, all your guys that are making league minimum and stuff, you know what? They're getting asked by Jane Slater and Bobby Belts or whoever. They're like, hey, where's Micah at? 
And they're like, I don't know. I'm not Micah's babysitter. Like, go find him. Now they're going to ask tough questions to you because now the leader decided to squirm out with the hurt guys because he's not brave enough and bold enough and has the guts to just stand up and answer the questions. Answer them like Nuke Lelouch if you never watched the movie Bull Durham. Give the most generic basic answers, but you're there because then you're having to answer them, and that's your responsibility as a leader of a team because when you don't, now the crap players, and look, I'm not trying to crap on them. I was one of those in the major leagues. You're just a role player who's trying to hang on, get pension. You, you're trying your best, but you know, for Chauncey Golson's never going to be a great football player on a five-year contract. Like, sorry, Chauncey, but keep surviving, brother. Now Chauncey's is having to answer a tough question. If Chauncey Golston answers that wrong, he gets released from the team. Not that day, but all of a sudden it's a black mark. Did you hear what he said about our offense or hear what he said about our coach or whatever? And you're like, crap, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't even want to answer these questions. But Micah Parsons left us. And now all of us role players are having to answer all the team questions. And you have to be really careful as a role player. If you answer them wrong, your career could end. And so... He's just leaving his guys out to dry. That's horrible leadership, but I think he learned that from Demarcus Lawrence, and there's not a man in that building. The Jones families are not a man when it comes to this. To stand up to their players and say, hey, never again. Yeah. They, there's no responsibility. But, hey, because it will happen again. Micah is a great player. I cannot deny how great of a defensive player he is, and he did not have his best game yesterday. But he's a horrible teammate, and that can change. All right. Holy moly. Coming out hot right there is from the 469. I'm done with Dak, Quinn, and McCarthy. No heart or leadership. Done with Parsons' mouth. He doesn't back it up. That's a really interesting thing about Dak's leadership is we hear that all the time. It feels like this is where the leadership would shine through the most. Yeah. And nothing. I'm with you. Look, he did not play good. I'm not crazy about Dak as the future quarterback of the Cowboys. I think we disagree on this, which is fine. It's own opinions. I think he's going to be the quarterback for the next five years. I think you see it. I no longer do. Possibly different. But, like, I will give Dak this. If we're talking about the leadership of Dak stood up. He said he had a bad game. He, he answered, said he sucked, yeah. He answered all the yeah, questions agreed. the best way that he could. He's not going to give us the truth on everything. That's not your job as a player to give the media and us the truth. Your job is to answer the questions the best that you can and get off the podium and say, I did my job. I did it. didn't do it good on the – and he was honest how bad he played. Doesn't mean he's going to be good next time. I don't trust he's going to be good in the next playoff game he plays. Maybe he will be, but Dak's leadership, he has to become – I guess smarter. I it's. I don't know. Would you say smarter in playoff games or just? I don't. What would the word be? Dak has to be what next time in the playoffs? Because you don't just want me to say it's, better. Yeah, I, understand I understand that. Yeah, we, yeah, he played horrible. He I admitted think smarter is a good way to go because there were some of those throws that, like one of those interceptions, it felt like a response to. Actually, this all ties in together from the four six nine. I don't agree with this, but I want to stifle people's opinions here. I'm done with CeeDee Lamb. He's a pouty face loser. Damn. Take 88 away from him. He doesn't deserve it. He, CeeDee Lamb was phenomenal this season. I understand people don't like the body language. I get that. And in fact, I think one of those interceptions was a direct reaction to trying to force the ball to CeeDee because something fell off between CeeDee and Dak. Two minute warning pass. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I know afterwards, Dak 
said that those two were good. I believe he might have said we're awesome, we're awesome. And yeah. they both just want everything to be perfect. And I do get that. Lord knows, Mike, you know how I feel about that, is I get, like, really upset or really down when something is not perfect. Right. That doesn't mean you're giving up. You're just frustrated. So I do see that C.D. Lamb perspective. I understand how other people might read that differently. I think maybe what this game exposed, besides at times lack of talent in certain areas, like linebacker, is the immaturity of two of your young stars. We're talking about CeeDee Lamb. We're talking about Micah Parsons. It can improve. We've seen immature babies in all sports become much better leaders and much better responsible men. Right. right now, it's tough to say they're men. Yeah, they're getting paid like men. They're playing really good football on both sides. But are they leaders of men? No, they're not leaders of men. They, I, that can change. But right now, they do not have it in their arsenal as a human to be a leader of men. They are great players, and that can change. Now, who would be their mentors in that? That's an issue in the Cowboys organization. Who's man enough to lead them that's a lesser player or a coach and put their job on the line? Because if you do this wrong, you get fired. We, you do it wrong with an NBA player, yeah. you, you're immediately fired from the organization. But if you can do it right, you can help Micah and CD become a man in the locker room and lead men. From the 214, this is interesting. Not necessarily a pink slip, but the Jimmy Johnson halftime speech was the best part of the game. Let's go. <laughs> That's good. Let's go to cut number 18. Jimmy Johnson tried to give a pep talk to the Cowboys. But I'll just say this. Every single one of you, you know how hard we've worked. I don't need to have people pointing the fingers one thing or another. You get your rear end in there and you play the way you know how to play. We can win the game. We're going to open it up. We're going to go fast tempo. Defense, get after Jordan Love. You can't give him that much time. You do what you're supposed to do. We'll win this game. I like that. Spoiler alert. They didn't do any <laughs> of that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm, everybody deserves blame. It was weird that Dan Quinn never just said, screw it, send seven and see what yes. happens. And the like, one time they did send a lot of heat, they were like, but drop Micah back into coverage on that second series. It just, it was, it was a weird game where guys were getting, I call it high school open, watching high school football. Guys can get open by five plus yards. Yes. You're like, in the NFL, guys don't get open by this much, but they were in that playoff game. From the 817, Sam Williams, you get, you get the pink slip, you go on from the 214 curse. Has to go from the 619 Quinn and Dak. And I do see, I did see somebody go, the better team won. But I'm not disputing that. It would be really hard to dispute that. Right. I just, there's nobody who can tell me it's that emphatic. Like, there's nobody who can tell me the Packers are 30 points better no. than the Cowboys. I, I realize how the game ended up. I'm not disputing whatsoever the Packers are a better team than the Cowboys because clearly you saw what happened yesterday. But nobody can tell me they're 30 points better than the Cowboys and have me believe it. I think that's the disconnect for a lot of people. Yeah, maybe I'm too optimistic here, which is weird for me. But I guess if they played each other nine more times, I would expect it to be like a 5-4 or 4-5. Like, I think that yeah. it would be a pretty even kind of 10-game series and – it doesn't matter. That's the thing. That's why we love football. Football's do or die. You get to this point. It's not a seven-game series. Uh, you know, I like seven-game series more. I like baseball and basketball more than football. But I think 
our culture loves football more because you get to the do or die. There's no more. The Cowboys can't make adjustments today for game two. It's over. And from the 214 takeaway Dax mistakes, and we have at least a chance, even with the defense sucking. That's why tomorrow I'm looking at it, working on it, and I'm going to try to present my idea of why it doesn't make the best football, it doesn't make the most cap sense, but I think it makes the most football sense long term for you to try to figure out a way to move on from him after next year. So I think where you're at, Kevin, and I'm here with it too. I, I I would love for the Cowboys to be great again and for somehow for me to fall in love again with that organization that I was a diehard fan of. But in my heart, I know Dak's not the guy. Yeah. I wish he was. He's a good person. He's good in the community. He seems to be a good teammate, a good leader. He he stands up for his teammates. He stands up for himself. He's responsible. He's a lot of great things. I just think, unfortunately, he's just not good enough as a quarterback. And, you know, he's in that category of good, but not good enough. And you know that those guys never win, especially once they get paid big bucks. Maybe Joe Flacco back in the day with Baltimore, he won it all. Before he got paid, after that, he got paid a big contract, and they could never really compete at that high of a level again because you lose approximately nowadays $40 million from your cap from like playing a rookie quarterback from where Dak's going to get over $50 million if they do extend him per year where a rookie quarterback gets somewhere 10 to 15 million in those first four years. So I just, I hate it, Kevin. I wish he was better, but he's not. And I wish the Cowboys would move on, but not just the Cowboys. Most teams stick with Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott's until they can't play football anymore. The Just some of the staggering numbers coming out of this game is... The Cowboys hadn't trailed by multiple scores in any home game all season. And then they found themselves down by four scores in the first half and in the second half. And the 27-point deficit was the largest they face in a home playoff game, I believe, since 1969 against Cleveland. There were even a play that it wouldn't have ended up mattering at, at, the, uh, at, at the end of the whole thing is... Dak taking the sack after six and a half seconds because he doesn't see Jake Ferguson for the first down. Like, I'm not saying, no, 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 hey. That was we, it early in the ma- game. Yeah. Maybe, it, maybe it changes a little bit of the momentum. Probably not as the game played out. But at that moment, Greg Olson, I thought he did a great job of analyzing that. He's looking for Lamb. He sees Lamb is completely covered and gets shoved in the back. There's no way to pass it to him. But he sees Ferguson, and he just gave up. He just said he had time. He wasn't getting – pressured into his face he just he gave up on Ferguson you know going to the left there to the sideline and just said I'm gonna run to the right and see if I can get the first down and he didn't come close to it but then at that point all right screwed up didn't stick with the route long enough rolled out to the right where your two best receivers went to the left all right still alive for three points and then you just have to throw the ball away away there so you did everything you could do wrong on that play besides turn the ball over you did Dak Prescott did that on his own. That wasn't a bad play call. Ferguson was open for a 15-yard play, and he decided. So I know that Mike McCarthy could get fired and all of those things. What did Mike McCarthy do wrong on that play? He ran a route where Lamb was the first option, Ferguson was the second, your two best options, and Ferguson was going to be open for an easy – as long as you make the pass, you got a 15-yard play. This name's come up a couple times. We haven't talked about him a whole lot today. From the 214, Steven needs to give Jerry a pink slip as GM and hand it officially to Will McClay. But then on the other side, from the 469, 
Will McClay pink slip? Now, I will tell you this. Of all the people who are leaving, Will McClay ain't one of them, all right? Because he is entrenched in this organization. I'm not saying he's family, but they are very, very close with him. He's not going anywhere. It is a bad look when you your draft class gives you, like, nothing yeah. for a chunk of the this year. This is a bad one. It happens. Yes, and then especially this game. But I do wonder, because somebody texted in from the 972, their lack of real linebackers was exposed again. I'm not saying this would have changed the season, this game, whatever. People were amazed by DeMarvion Overshone in training camp. Like, amazed. They were like, holy crap, this dude is going to be awesome. Could that have changed people's perceptions of this draft if they were like, eh, I don't know about the first two. But this one, holy crap, he's awesome. Look, I'm I'm going to say this about Will McClay. If you lose Will McClay or you don't have Will McClay, this will become one of the worst franchises in football. You will be dealing with five and twelves and at best nine and eights for a long time. Yeah. Like that's how important he is to the structure of, of the team. I don't want to take anything away. Jerry does his thing, Steven does his thing. But if they don't have Will McClay, we've seen it. It's a total debacle. It ended up working out the one draft. They drafted, why am I drawing a blank? The center who ended up getting the crazy disease and had to retire from West Coast. Travis Frederick? Travis Frederick. Do you remember the debacle of yeah. that draft? Because nobody knew what the hell they were doing. And it ended up working out in the end because they were going to take remember a that. defensive tackle from Florida, if I remember. Sharif Floyd. And it ended up working out. And maybe that was a Will McClay here, but do you, the debacles of the draft, and that's the only way the Cowboys really add talent, is they don't have a clue. Scouts, coaches, Jerry's on the phone with the dude who has a YMCA downtown that's Oklahoma State, and he's asking him what he thinks. I'm like, that dude's like a billionaire who knows oil. He doesn't know football players because he watches Oklahoma State. And that that's the organizational flow of a Dallas Cowboys organization without Will McClay. So he does put things in order. He gives you a chance to be 12-5. and five. He gives you a chance to win. So I understand the frustration with this year's draft class. It looks horrible right yes. now. Yes. But a lot of his drafts are good, and it's really the only way the Cowboys consistently add talent. For the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan, all content, no breaks, at least for right now. And we transition into Mike Likes It. Okay, maybe this is for later in the week, and I know tomorrow we're going to revisit it. Uh, Corey's obviously off for MLK Day, and he'll have a lot of his thoughts uh, you know, at 10 a.m. tomorrow on Can the Can I game. tell you something super quick? Okay. I got worried when they gave up that touchdown on the first drive because of what you talk about, how Corey is always missing the Mondays after the Cowboys lost. I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. We should have known better. I should have known better. All right. So let's go to Jordan Love and how great he was because I'm going to be honest. I've watched some Packers stuff, and sometimes I've been impressed. Obviously, I watched the Thanksgiving game when they were yeah. playing Detroit. He was really good in that game. I've watched other times where I'm like, ah, Jordan loves a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he's establishing himself as a starting quarterback. I never saw him play this good. Maybe he did. I just didn't see the game when he played this good. He was spectacular. I know he wasn't getting a lot of pressure. His guys were getting wide open, but he did his job ultimately to perfection. He was Perfect yesterday as a quarterback in the NFL in his first ever playoff game. How much better is Jordan Love than Dak Prescott? I know there's not, I don't know to put a number on it. I don't know a percentage. I don't know, but I want you to kind of think in your head right now. Now that we ranked the quarterbacks, Dak was ahead of Jordan Love all year. Jordan Love never was considered a better quarterback 
But after they played each other in a playoff game, I would be crazy next year ranking quarterbacks yeah. to put Dak Prescott ahead of Jordan Love as a, as a talented quarterback. Man, that's a hard question. Uh, I'm going to say, like, in this moment, 5%, which I know is not reflective of how the game played out yesterday, but Dak was good for a big chunk of the season. Yeah. Okay. But then Jordan Love down the stretch, now he's up to, I believe, 21 touchdown passes and one interception in the last nine games. So, yeah. Now, I want to ask about the end of the Cowboys season. We, I won't give my opinion yet. I'm going to ask it as a question. Should we have taken the Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit games more seriously on how bad they played against playoff teams? They had... Three games against playoff teams out of their last four, excluding Washington. Yes. And they played pathetic to average at best in those three games. So kind of my question is, should we have looked at those games more strongly and said, this team isn't good? I'll leave it at that and let you go on about what we saw from the crap that we saw and we excused. I think the biggest issue that I ran into, I should not have leaned – so heavily on these splits because I kept thinking, you're right, because we talked about how terrible they looked in Buffalo. One and two, and they failed up into the division. And Miami, it was fine at best. Detroit, fine at best. What I kept going back to is, even though the Detroit game was obviously down to the last second and then a couple of extra plays, is I thought, but they keep winning at home. And I'm fine with, I'd already settled with, in my mind, I was a million percent fine with, you make the NFC Championship game and lose to the San Francisco 49ers. So I think that's one of the problems I ran into is I kept looking at the splits and I was like, they're so much better at home. It'll be fine when they get at home. I said that again and again, and they were not. We have no clue what goes on on an NFL sideline. Broadus would, but he's also not on the NFL sideline of these Dallas Cowboys. I'm wondering, what is going on over there if they get behind? All right. There's 45 minutes to play. The first quarter has gone bad. We have 45 minutes left. And this team, whether it's in San Francisco, kind of in Arizona, when they get behind in Buffalo, it just seems like they give up on themselves really easily for a team that won 12 games this year, for a team that won 12 games and a playoff game last year. What is going on on their sidelines that they quit on each other or quit on themselves so easily? I wish I had a good answer for you because that was one thing that we talked about on Friday where we said they had two games that they won all year when they trailed after the first quarter. Like That is shocking. And I don't know. I, I wish I knew. I really May- And maybe people that have followed the NFL more than I do could give me all of these teams that end up having great records that are top two seeds and they're a debacle if they get down in the first quarter like they all look at each other like what are you doing I don't know what are you doing and the coaches are having to go talk to the players and calm them down like I get emotions I get coaches yelling at players and players yelling at players if they really screw up for example the only reason the Cowboys had seven uh was a penalty thank God or that would have been the most hysterical part of the first half. If they got tackled at up. the one or the two. But 52 screwed up. You could see when the Dak passed the ball, it looked like a run 
pass run option hand the ball off run it in yourself or pass it to ferguson we're giving you three options here read the defense correctly and dak did but 52 you could see for green bay was like oh crap i screwed up now as far as i know he didn't go to the sideline and kick himself in the private area and quit on his team and maybe it's because they were up 27 to 7 at halftime but it seems like when the cowboys make a mistake with 45 minutes or more to go in the game, they're like, well, it's not our day. And that's really weird. I get it from the from the Carolina Panthers or Arizona Cardinals. Like, they lose consistently. They know at the end of the game, there's an 80% chance they're going to lose, and they have to fight that losing feeling. But the Cowboys really give up on themselves easily. And I'm not saying they would have beat Green Bay. Maybe they're better than we think. But, man, did they quit on themselves quickly. No, you're right. I Look, I wish I had a good answer for you about why that happens. I honestly don't know. Who do you blame first in that? Do you blame players first or do you blame coaches first? Who do you blame you gotta, that the Cowboys quit on themselves so easily? I got to blame the coaches first because, look, I understand people are going to text in. And I, and I get that and I understand your point of view. Hey, these are grown-ass people that should have pride in what they do. I I, I agree. But also, if you're the coach, I like Jimmy's speech because my speech at halftime was, hey, pull your head out of your ass and realize we could still win this playoff game. And, like, especially when it was 7 or 14 to nothing. If you think the game's over, I'd have just walked across the sideline. Raise your hand. Do you think the game's over? Sit your ass on the bench because this thing ain't over and just gone from there. Now, I know some people get mad at me when I start talking baseball right now during a football segment. And look, as a former major league pitcher, deal with it if you don't like me talking about it. Trust but, me, he tells me that a lot, too. But I will get pulled out of the game. I won't really have a chance to recover. If I give up four or five runs in the first two innings, most likely they're going to have to bring in a reliever. But if I had a rough first inning and I gave up a run, but two other guys got on base or three other guys got on base. I got out of a bases loaded situation. I'm pitching like crap. They seem to be on my game. It's our job and our responsibility, the pitching coach, me and the catcher to change what we're doing. Am I just throwing bad pitches and I just need to execute better? Or am I not working one side of the plate? Am I not working up and down and left and right? Am I just using like, there's all of these things that you're discussing and there's Plenty of time in football. Hell, that's why I hate going to fo- I'll never go to another Dallas Cowboy game the rest of my life. I think oh, it's the most miserable no. experience ever because you're sitting there forever during downtime. I like it better at home where during downtime I can go to the restroom myself. I can get myself a snack or whatever. I don't have to go wait in a line. So I will never go to a Cowboys game because there's so much downtime. So don't tell me there's not enough downtime. That's, that's my point here is that, oh, there's more downtime in between innings than there is uh, when you are on offense slash now the defense is you have plenty of time to discuss these things and I'm wondering from both sides of the ball defense and offense it looked like they just said let's just keep doing the same thing now let's talk about that with Dan Quinn specifically because I don't want to make it sound like it's all on McCarthy that was just one example is Dan Quinn could have talked with his staff or just said down there is like hey our safeties are not playing well today let's readjust this zone we're doing because none of this is working like I, I don't know what specifically the immediate go-to adjustment would have been, but your zone wasn't working. Your safeties weren't working yesterday. Maybe it's because you were concerned that Gilmore couldn't uh, play as close as you would like because of the catch-up speed, because of his shoulder, because of whatever. You had to adjust something. Dan Quinn takes a fall on that, too. I like that answer. Now, my next one is this. I do like Greg Olson breaking down games. I think he does a really good job. 
Greg Olson was showing on a third and five. He's like, you have to pass here because it's third and five, but they're running into heavy boxes and they're sometimes passing uh, when they have a light box. And they're not this – was, this was somewhat early in the game, if I remember. This is like second quarter. Do you remember this when they were yes. spotlighting? Like, this would be a good time to run, but it's tough on third and five here. That's Dak's responsibility, right? Yes. You don't just run the play. Like, I know that Mike McCarthy's probably getting fired, and Mike McCarthy is going to take a lot of – it's the easiest thing to do is to blame the coach and not blame the quarterback or the players on the team. Well, wait a second. If there's eight guys in the box or it doesn't look favorable, why is Dak still running that play? I swear I've heard from former players all the time on how – whether it was, and I'm not like the biggest fan of Tony Romo, but Tony Romo's like, I'll run Garrett's stupid offense on first and second down. I'm running the play that I know is going to work on third down. Is Dak, and I'm not saying he's not smart. I do think he's a smart player. Is is he struggling with making adjustments at the line of scrimmage? I hear he's great at it. But then Greg Olson points out, out hey, I feel like they're running into bad uh, boxes here, and then they're passing when it could be a better run situation. And I feel like, that's Dak reading the defense pre-snap. I probably agree with that because there's at least two or three plays that I thought that's just not, doesn't feel like the matchup you want. But I don't want to say it was a bad call. Well, I guess it was a bad call because of the way it was executed. But maybe he saw something up there that until we take a look at the All-22, I didn't yeah. see. But it's, just watching on, the, watching on the broadcast version, I'm with you that I was like, huh, yeah. that was a curious it, check or not and we really are lucky up here to have brian brought us i am not close to educated enough to really i'm asking these questions i don't know the answers but it's weird to me sometimes where we give credit to a quarterback making great adjustments at the line of scrimmage but if he runs the play then we blame the coach and i'm like there's no adjustment to be made or like well running the ball i don't you just him doing his play now that would be throwing your coach under the bus and look that happens all the time in professional sports if you don't like your coach you intentionally play bad and get him fired that happens all the time i hate saying it but a lot of the star players do that to make sure that their coach is gone that they don't want to play for anymore i think unfortunately we recently saw that with rick carlisle and mark cuban it was a at the end a bad relationship cuban uh, wanted to keep rick but rick knew and luca knew i they both didn't want to work in that situation anymore. So I'm like, damn, was Dak doing some things yesterday? And I don't think he was, but was he doing some things to be like, I don't want to run this system anymore? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't That's know. That's a good question. Oh, what? A, hey, guess what? You're out of time. Yeah, Green Bay. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. I have a feeling I know where this is going to go, but let's really find out. How long... If ever, will it truly be before you believe in the Cowboys again? 877-881-1053. Let's do that next right here on The Fan. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.